creative journey It's easy to get lost But don't worry, you'll lift off Sometimes you just need A creative pep talk Hey, you're listening to the Creative Pep Talk Podcast. I'm your host, Andy J. Pizza. Most creators that I know, and myself included most of the time, don't have a sense of what we want our creative practice to look like. like we don't know what, what we want, what we're after, but maybe you are different. Maybe you have figured out, you have an idea of at least for now, what you're trying to go after. But the only problem is you don't actually have any idea how to get there. The thing you're after, well, the competition is probably extremely fierce. Thousands, if not more than thousands, might be after the exact same thing. And not to mention that the walls of this market are sky high and they're protected by gatekeepers and established practitioners of that craft that are interested in throwing you off the trail, keeping you out and keeping their creative arena free of competition and keeping their place at the top of that creative food chain. So whether it's Spotify playlists that you're trying to get into or the publishing world or Hollywood, maybe even, how in the world can you break through this impenetrable fortress and how do you get them to give you a chance? You don't. <laughs> you just give up. No, you give yourself a chance uh, or as many chances as it takes. And in this episode, we're going to talk about how to do just that. But before we do, just a quick word from our beautiful, lovely sponsors. This episode is supported by Wireframe, an original podcast from Adobe. The show is for small business owners who handle all the branding, content, and design all on their own. That might sound familiar to you if you're in those shoes. Each episode features one small business owner. They pair them with a mentor and um, some, someone who has had success in their own brand and then also a designer to help them execute a plan to solve their problem. In the middle of this episode, I'm going to share an episode with you that caught my attention. Until we do get to that part of the podcast, you can search for Wireframe in your podcast player wherever you listen to shows. And uh, I'll also include a link to the show in my show notes. Thank you, Wireframe, for all your support. This is episode two of our Creative Pathfinder series, a three-part series about how to find what to make today to unlock the kind of opportunities that you will be perfect for tomorrow. Essentially, what personal work can you make right now before anybody asks you to that will help you get the professional work that you're after later? This series is to, designed to help you find your creative path, aka help you make some of the most difficult choices that face a creator, like what should I make what path should I take next and how do I actually get there? 
This series is a new adaptation of our Creative Career Path Framework. You can get a free copy of the Creative Career Path e-handbook by signing up to our newsletter at creativepeptalk.com slash path, P-A-T-H. Not path, path, just creativepeptalk.com slash path. I was saying that's how you spell path in case... I'm saying it weird. The three episodes in this series are like the three acts in a story. Last episode, the first in the series, act one, was the creative call to adventure, aka defining what you want. This is the goal setting section of this process. Act two, that's this episode, the creative journey, also known as living your creative montage by building your personal project. This is where you do the work. This is where you're rocky training, but instead of punching the punching bag, you're punching the Wacom tablet or punching those keyboard keys, whatever it is. You're making the project that helps you move towards what you're after. Uh, This is the making section of your path. Act three, the next episode, is going to be slaying your creative dragon, a.k.a. going for the work you want head on, armed with your creative project. This is the marketing. This This is is the story of the marketing uh, section of your creative journey. Ready? Let's do it. Chapter one, inspiring problems rarely equal inspired creative work. Let me explain what I mean by that. If you are ever finding yourself in downtown Columbus, Ohio, and you need a new pair of specs, go to specs. That's what it's lingo for glasses. Go check out the Warby Parker store in downtown Columbus, Ohio. No, this isn't. Sponsored by Warby Parker. It's not more sponsored content. This is me telling you about one of the illustration projects that I did that I'm really most proud of. Like uh, at the time of this recording, the Warby Parker store in downtown Columbus, Ohio has a giant mural, uh, four large canvases, immersive wall decals, and something like six to eight street-facing art panels, all created by me. I made them. I'm I'm extremely proud of them. And uh, when the shop first opened, we even designed six limited edition enamel pens, and I I just loved them. They were really small, and I. Man, I just, uh, they're cherished uh, possessions from my creative journey. And I'm very, very happy with how this creative project turned out. I couldn't be happier with the result. Um, However, I have to admit that I would not say that the execution of this work is the most creative that I've ever been. Now, don't get me wrong. The art direction for Warby Parker, art director that worked on this project, is a a fantastic art director, Matt Singer, off the charts. I just love his taste um, and his vision for these stores. Um, His vision for how to apply my work was very inspired and extremely creative. But my actual work, I would not call that my most creative moment. And yet, I, it's one of the things I'm most proud of making. What, what's going on there? I'm not being self-deprecating. 
I'm also not knocking the work. I'm just saying that this was such an inspiring problem to solve, it didn't actually take much creativity to tackle it at all. Like the art direction was set up so masterfully, I just, I creatively barely knocked over one domino and the mural just kind of appeared like an image hidden in dominoes, like those videos that your grandma sends you from Facebook that you watch while you're in the bathroom. Now, set aside that feeling that maybe your grandma is trying to tell you that your art sucks and domino art is what's truly inspiring for just a moment. Uh, And instead, hear what I'm trying to say. Inspiring problems rarely lead to the most inspired creative work that you'll ever do. It's so easy to tackle an inspiring problem. But an uninspiring problem, that's where you really have to get creative. Come on, guys. Let's get creative. If that Warby Parker work isn't my most inspired work, why am I still so proud of it? Because that work was inspired by some of my most inspiring work. I didn't do that work that was kind of the creative essence of that Warby Parker store for Warby Parker first. That whole store was inspired by a piece that I had made for myself for this podcast. It's a, it's like, it looks like kind of like a starry night and there's a ton of characters in there and there's lettering that reads reach for the stars. Um, and I love that piece of work that inspired the work that we did for Warby Parker, but nobody asked me to make that piece that I loved so much. Nobody said they wanted it. It was the product of an uninspiring situation, an uninspiring problem of nobody wanting me to do anything at all, but me doing it anyway, believing that it was worth doing anyway, and having to come up with my own creative brief. That was difficult in its own right. That was a creatively challenging problem in its own right. It was my own problem that I had cooked up. Uh, and, And for my own enjoyment and knowing that it was likely not going to lead to anything at all, but for that piece of art to exist, it took years of creativity to make that situation what it was. You know, naming this show, coming up with the content for years, listening and translating philosophical ideas to the philosophy series that I was working on at the time that I made that artwork for, like 15 digital techniques were coming together into that piece. There were style flourishes that have been, that had been kind of working that finally clicked in that piece of work. Uh, I was channeling old influences from the fifties and then some from the early two thousands from my college years and trying to make them feel fresh and feel like they were my own. And I even had this idea for that piece of work that I did on my own that inspired this Warby Parker job. I even had the idea to tackle what felt like the most frustrating, uninspiring prompt that I could think of. I was pretending like this image was me trying to make a good version of 
of those mega blockbuster movie posters that you see, you know, the Marvel DC ones where there's like 800 characters on them and they're all different sizes. And you know, the, the, it's just a compared to like the movie posters of the fifties that were like Saul Bass and Paul Rand and like slick kind of graphic stuff. Like now they're just these huge chaotic messes. And I thought, wonder if I could take that inspiring uninspiring problem and make some inspired work. Could I make something really gorgeous, really beautiful, really fun and interesting that looks great that's like if I was forced to do a movie poster that featured 15 characters? And so the problem couldn't have been more difficult. The problem I was trying to solve couldn't have been less inspiring. Um, and therefore, it required extreme amounts of creativity. And therefore, it resulted in what feels like to me as some of my most inspired work today. Now, you may not agree, but the art director at Warby Parker did, and that piece got me the job that inspired the whole project. Uh, this project is not an outlier or an exception for me. I would say that this is the rule. Nearly all of the most inspired work that I've ever done was on the back of a difficult or uninspiring problem. And, and most often, the most uninspiring thing is that nobody was asking me to do it. Nobody said that they wanted me to make this work. Very uninspiring. And I had no idea whether this work was going to be good or whether it was going to lead to anything else. That is a very uninspiring situation to be in. You know, some of my biggest style breakthroughs, however, came from the freedom of experimenting in flyers for like local companies back in the day when I was living in the small town in Indiana or creating uh, for illustration jobs that I made up myself just to get around the fact that nobody was giving me illustration jobs. Those moments when you have a day job facing uninspiring problems, working in-house, like when you have to face those uninspiring problems in that empty inbox, that's when you have the opportunity of making your most inspired creative work because it takes a ton of creativity to get inspired in those situations. What illustrator wouldn't kill for a $100,000 budget and 10-floor Nike store to deck out in your art with 50-person team to help you paint it and situate it and make it look amazing. Like, what an inspiring problem that would be. But that doesn't actually require that much creativity to execute at that time. The creative result, it might be amazing if and when that opportunity comes around and you're ready for it and armed with it with years of inspired creative work in your back pocket. All of that is gonna be on the back of this uninspiring notion of no one knocking at your door, but you showing up to the drawing board and making your most inspired work to date for yourself. Your local client doesn't care if you're creatively inspired or on the cutting edge. Your grandma doesn't care if your work is next level or anything up to snuff with domino art. Uh, the only person that cares about that right now and as daunting and uninspiring as it may seem is you. And that's the exact situation that 
has led to some of the world's biggest, most incredible, most inspired creative breakthroughs in human history. And so if that's where you find yourself, there's no better place to start. Chapter two, the obstacle is your teacher. Now, in the last episode, we talked about how finding the obstacle in your creative practice will help you figure out what you want to go after in your work. What do you want? The obstacle can tell you that. Uh, It can tell you what your goal is for this next season of creative work. Now, once you know what you want, instead of trying to run past the obstacle as fast as possible to that thing that you want, let's run straight to it and study it. This uninspiring obstacle isn't something to ignore. It's something to learn from. This obstacle is your creative brief. So you know what your obstacle is, and now you need to let that ignite your most inspired creative solution that will that will ultimately require your creative best. Here's how that works. So when I was in college, I, I went to college to study graphic design and illustration because more than anything in the world, I wanted to make screen printed gig posters for my favorite indie bands. This was back in 2005. And I thought, there's no better place to learn how to do this than design school. Makes tons of sense. Now, I went to the UK for design school. I graduated high school right when my dad was getting transferred to a different part of their company over in the UK. And uh, I thought, yeah, that's even better. Um, Sounds like an adventure. Let's do it. And I went to the UK design school before I realized that in at least in that part of the country, these screen printed band posters were not a thing at that time. And what happened was I couldn't find anybody that were knew anything about how to do this thing I wanted to do that could teach me how to make screen printed band posters or screen printed posters at all. I went around the town talking to all of the screen printers and all of them acted like I was insane for wanting to screen print onto paper because they only screen printed onto t-shirts. That's what they were making. And then in my second year of college, I finally found out that there was a whole other section of the school. It was a textile part of the school that did a bunch of screen printing, but all they did was experimental types of screen printing where you painted the screens. They didn't have the ways to expose screens with digital files. And I was a digital illustrator and I just could not freaking figure it out, man. And so it, This obstacle of no ability to screen print the kind of work I wanted to onto paper defeated me for two years. For the first two years of school, I didn't get any closer to doing the kind of work that I wanted to do. Uh, I, I just got destroyed by the problem. But then in the final year, the whole last year of school, they do three years of school there, One of the reasons I wanted to go to the UK was get a bachelor's degree in three years. The other reason was they didn't have general studies and I hated math. And it sounded exciting. I thought I'll get some fish and chips in the meantime. But the third year of school, we spent the whole year trying to work on our dream brief. Now, my dream dream brief 
The thing that I wanted was to do screen printed band posters for my favorite bands, but I knew that wasn't an option. And so I had to allow the obstacle to design my creative work, my creative brief. I had to purify what do I actually need from this creative work. And so the essential quality was I wanted to make illustrations that were inspired by and collaborating with my favorite bands. And so that was my my dream brief. And so instead of doing band posters, I came up with the idea of doing a coloring book because I could produce that with the things that I had at my disposal at the time. And what happened was that obstacle actually became the brief. It taught me what to make. And it also purified what I was doing because I realized, yes, I wanted to make indie band posters, but what I needed to make was art that was inspired by my favorite bands. Now, we actually went on to publish this book, but if we were going to make it a real book, I always get this question because everybody's aware of what else is in the way. What is the other obstacle in the way? the license of these band names. You can't just go make and sell work that's inspired by your favorite bands without permission. And so again, that obstacle had another line in that dream brief that was like, how are you going to get over this part of the obstacle? And so instead of saying, oh, I guess we can't do it, That just became part of what we had to spend our creativity to achieve. And so we said, okay, what if we do it for charity? What if we find a company that does work with indie bands for charity and we don't make any money on it, but we still get to make the work. And so that's exactly what we did. So instead instead of letting, insteading is instead and letting just quicker but then explaining it takes much longer. Uh, instead of letting the obstacle stop us, we let us, we let it tell us. I did it again. <laughs> let us is just uh, let us faster and then explaining it takes longer. We let it tell us exactly the kind of creative work that we needed to be making. The obstacle didn't stop us. It just informed us with exactly how difficult the obstacle, the creative problem we were trying to solve was. And before you give up on the thing that you want because there's an obstacle, just see what creative solutions you can come up with to get around it. That's the same thing that I did for my podcast. You know, the reason I did this podcast is because I really, really had this heart to uh, share the things that I learned about getting creative work and building the kind of creative career that I wanted. I didn't have it all figured out. I still don't. But I'd learned uh, some really helpful things along the way, and I loved sharing them. And I really wanted to do that on a stage at conferences. I wanted that opportunity. But 
I didn't get invited to those locations. There wasn't huge groups of people where I lived that wanted that kind of information and no audience was gathering to hear it. And instead of saying, look, I don't have any of the invites to these conferences. Uh, Nobody knows I can do this or want to do this. There's no opportunity in my geographic location. Instead of saying all those things means I just can't do it. I let that be the brief. How can I share these talks without getting invited, without the location, without the audience? That just became the problem to solve. And the solution was, I will make a podcast. And I'm not just going to make a podcast. I'm going to make a monologue-focused podcast, which was the interesting, in my opinion, the inspired part of that solution because it was different than all the other creative podcasts at that time because nobody else was doing that. But I was doing that and I'd learned to do that creative work. I learned that from the teacher of the obstacle. And so instead of seeing the obstacle as a thing to avoid, become a student. See it as something to get very acquainted and familiar with because that obstacle will tell you exactly the kind of work that you need to be making right now. Shout out to Adobe's original podcast, Wireframe, where they pair business owners facing a problem with a business owner that has faced that same problem and seen success and also a designer to help them execute the plan. Check out Ellen Bennett and Shessa Garbett's help Latinx Therapies founder refresh their brand. Uh, That episode I feel like is particularly relevant to the one we're doing today because as you go make the work, you're going to have all these voices in your head trying to get you to stop the action and the process and doing anything new. And in that episode, they are helping massage out the concerns of what if as I do this new thing, I lose everything thing from my old practice, all the things that I already have working for me. That's just one of the many concerns you might have as you are charting new territories. If that's you, I think this episode is relevant. If that's not you, I think this is relevant just for what does it look like to refresh your brand and your practice anytime you're doing anything new. There are just so many different things to think about. And here's some really interesting perspectives and experts on that topic. Go check it out. Search Wireframe wherever you get podcasts or check out the show notes of this episode and there will be a link to that show in the show notes. Thanks, Wireframe. Hey, real quick, just a heads up. We are currently starting to book up speaking engagements for the new year. If you know me at all, you know that there is nothing I love more than giving creative pep talks. Sure, I like to do that on the podcast a whole lot, but I might even like doing it in person even more to real live humans in real life or even virtually. I have uh, had the pleasure of giving pep talks to teams at places like Warby Parker, Sesame Street, and Starbucks. And lately, I have really loved talking about this idea, this concept that uninspiring problems are actually the biggest opportunity for real inspired creative work. We all love inspiring problems. 
Like, you know, we all love those dream opportunities, but they don't often require our biggest amounts of creativity. They're just really fun. Uh, If your team or group is currently facing a problem or problems on the regular that are uninspiring, I would love to share how the most uninspiring situations for me in my creative journey became the biggest catalysts for what I consider to be my most inspired work. You can go check out more about my uh, speaking at andyjpizza.com or check availability by emailing hi at andyjpizza.com. All right, back to the show. Chapter three, the call to adventure, translate your obstacle into a dream brief. Okay, here's what you got to do. In part one of this process, last episode, you named your creative obstacle. Now it's time to take that obstacle and translate it into a difficult, uninspiring creative brief, one that's frustrating, so frustrating that it will require and inspire your best creative output to date. Here's what you got to do. Start with the non-negotiables, just like any other creative brief that you're going to find, that you're going to come into contact with. I've done uh, quite a bit of commercial illustration over the past 15 years, and every single one of those creative briefs, those PDFs that they send me that says, this is what the project has to be. It has requirements that must be done in a certain way that are not negotiable. These are the deliverables and you are agreeing to achieve this on the onset of the project. Your obstacle will tell you exactly what those non-negotiables are. It will write the brief for you if you lean into it instead of running from it. So when I wanted to do an indie rock band poster, but I didn't have the option to do so because of the obstacles I faced, that obstacle said, here are the requirements. Here's the brief. It can't be screen printed. It has to be legal because that's just a given. And it has to be for indie bands you love. That was the part of the creative problem that was non-negotiable to me. That became the brief. Uh, That became the difficult creative problem to solve. And I'm blown away by how easy it is for me to get overwhelmed by the things that are stopping me, the things that are in my tracks, stopping me from getting what I want every single day as a creator, instead of realizing the whole idea of innovation isn't making something from nothing, you know, just Uh, sitting there and just coming up with random nonsense. It's trying to use your creative energy to solve a problem. And so when we hit a problem, we should be like, yeah, that's exactly what I do is solve problems. That's what creativity is. So list out anything about this project that is going to be non-negotiable. Anything about this obstacle that says you cannot get through this. Like those obstacles might be you are a parent, which means You have two hours a day to work on it. That's part of the brief. You have to make these pieces of work in two hours. You cannot spend more than two hours making these pieces of work. Instead of saying, well, can't do it, say, okay, well, that's part of the constraint. 
these are the things that you cannot change about your current circumstance and resources and also the things you can't sacrifice about the work, uh, about the thing that you're after. For me, in that project, it had to be working with indie bands I loved for it to be interesting, to, for it to be at all like what I wanted. I realized like screen printing actually wasn't the thing that I was most inspired by anyway. I could actually cut that. So cut every single thing from your desire, from your goal that you possibly can and still stay inspired and say, what are the one or two things that it has to be? You know, for my podcast project, for this podcast, it was a, a, a an obstacle that I was trying to overcome when I wanted to do talks. And what I realized is that the podcast had to be talks. The tension was it needed to be both for a wide audience without being invited onto a stage and it needed to be talks. Um, and that made a, a, a hard problem to solve because there weren't other examples in my field of people doing monologue type podcasts, but realizing that it had to be talks and it also couldn't be on stage meant that I came up with the idea of doing a monologue podcast, which ended up being the most creative thing, the thing that, that most made it stand out. That tension, that's where the creative solution is going to come from. That tension is the teacher that's going to tell you, this is where your treasure is. So your CTA today, your call to adventure, your call to action creatively is to lean into that tension by writing out what are the non-negotiable deliverables for this obstacle that it determines. That will be your creative brief for your next personal project. I just want to leave you with one uh, little tidbit to uh, tie this in a bow and send you off with. Uh, you know, the thing that is so incredible about obstacles and how they work as uninspiring problems that it have the potential of inspiring your best creative work is they really are going to stop you from getting what you want. And <laughs> that isn't as bad as it may seem because they ultimately may give you something even better. Um, you know, for me personally, with the indie rock posters, I really wanted to make indie rock band posters. Now, eventually, I did get to make a few screen-printed band posters for some of my favorite bands, but the funny thing is, None of those band posters did much for my creative practice. None of those band posters were really my most inspired creative work compared to the indie rock coloring book that I made to get around those obstacles and get to the work that I wanted to do. Now, I love doing talks. I love doing creative talks. I just did one in upstate New York in the Adirondack Mountains in Lake Placid. I did one in Knoxville a couple of weeks ago. I love doing it. It's one of my favorite creative things to do. But one of my most favorite things, even more favorite than doing talks, is my children. Like I, I like seeing them. And I hate 
you know, saying, oh, I'll see you in a couple of days. It's just the word. I just feel awful doing that. I still do it. Um, but I also, you know, I charge what I charge and I uh, am choosy about the opportunities that I pick because to get those desires to do that thing that I want to do, it costs a lot. And the truth is that those talks pale in comparison to what I have got from over the years doing this podcast. And so in that way, both with the coloring book and with the podcast, the thing that I made to get over the obstacle actually met my needs better than the thing that I wanted in the first place. And I think there's just this incredible thing that happens. You know, we've talked about this in the past on episodes where we had a whole episode about how if there are booby traps still set, untriggered, then the treasure is still there. Like if you walk through the cave and every single booby trap is already set off, someone's already been there. The treasure's gone. If, the, if there are no obstacles in your way, you are going to be not finding what you want. You're not going to be finding the treasure that you desire. What you're going to find is an incredibly long line that is almost impossible to get through. And so, in a way, if there are obstacles in your way, it might mean the thing that you want does get blocked, but ultimately, that the thing that you need is still on the other side and it's worth leaning into and embracing and learning from those obstacles so that you can get that treasure. want to highlight some uh, resources that uh, inspired this. I actually did talks about obstacles as the opportunities um, way before uh, Ryan Holiday's book, Obstacle is the Way, about Stoic philosophy came out. Um, I'm not saying that it was copying me. Actually, the Obstacle is the Way is a, a philosophy from you know, hundreds and hundreds of years ago. I just didn't realize it. I just, it just happened to be so true that I made the same conclusion in my own creative practice. But Obstacle is the Way and all the work that Ryan Holiday has done to explain this principle is really valuable. So I highly recommend going and checking out that book or that work. I, I think that stoic mindset is so powerful creatively. You know, I, I am constantly reminding my children this idea. I've heard stoicism summarized as the idea that, you know, losing your job is sometimes the best thing that could ever happen to you. And winning the lottery can sometimes be the worst thing that ever happened to you. So like reserve your judgment about problems and obstacles and opportunities. Like they're not always what they seem when you first encounter them. 
in the last episode, I also mentioned um, Hero on a Mission by Donald Miller. That's all about kind of reframing your life as a story um, and the power of that. Uh, it's not that stories are inspiring, it's that uh, to our lives, it's that our lives are what inspired story. And um, I think there's some really powerful stuff there. Uh, if you want to get really deep into it, you can go into um, Hero of a Thousand Faces by Joseph Campbell. Um, uh, also, Carl Jung's work that inspired that work also inspires me um, and has inspired all of these ideas. Uh, I would also add Brian McDonald's Invisible Ink as a story structure book, as well as The Writer's Journey um, by Christopher Vogel, who wrote that inspired by the hero's journey from Joseph Campbell, but applied to writing. Um, you know, I've read so many books on story over the years. I don't really know uh, where all these pieces come from or the parts that I've added and developed. Uh, I do know applying them to the creative practice is kind of my, my jam, um, especially on this podcast. And, um, uh, anyway, those are some of the resources. want to say a big shout out to Yoni Wolf and the band Y for our theme music. Massive thanks to Connor Jones of Pending Beautiful for editing the show so beautifully. And uh, thanks to Ryan Appleton, Sophie Miller, and Katie Chandler for assistance on content and all things podcasting. And until we speak again, do whatever you got to do. Get over that obstacle. Uh, make that obstacle the inspiration to staying pepped. <laughs> <laughs>